Welcome to Homer Collective. I'm Pat Ward. And I'm Taryn Mao. And today we're talking about parenting, just not in the way you think. In this, our final full episode of the first season, we're going to be talking about the parenting experience, specifically how to know that we're on track as parents and how to feel like we're on track as parents. We work with a lot of clients who feel that they aren't doing enough for their kids, from mothers who are struggling with mom guilt to parents whose heads are spinning as they try to leverage their attention, time, energy, and money toward the goal of raising good, well-adjusted kids, whatever that means. Today, we'll share a little bit about what we've learned through all that work. We're eager to share it because uh, we do see a lot of people who struggle with this, but also we are celebrating that here at the end of our first season, uh, in just a few weeks, Taryn is going to be having her first child and she will be becoming a parent as well. Congratulations, Taryn. Thanks, Pat. I'm excited to join you all on the parenting journey. And as we are going to be talking about parenting today, know that I am a work in progress because I've not experienced a lot of this. So a lot of the, what we'll be talking about is what we've been talking about with clients, Pat's experiences and my soon-to-be experience coming up. Yes, I'm sensitive to you being a work in progress because I have reached parenting perfection. So, (laughs) no, I've been reminded uh, several times already today that I still have lots of work to do. We all do, and that's why we're here. And so hopefully today you'll hear some things that are important for you and some things that would be helpful to share with others. So here we go. you're a parent today, there are some advantages. We have things like Kroger pickup, video baby monitors, Amazon reviews. There is a lot, and trust me from experience, that you can learn online (laughs) about parenting. But it also seems to be impacting parents and causing stress in ways that other generations haven't really had to deal with. There's social media, there's academic pressure, travel baseball, designer drugs, the struggle to keep smartphones from removing all of our communication boundaries, and even more. So all add up, all of these things add up to one of the most anxious and stressed groups of parents we've experienced in history. And we haven't even talked about the pandemic's impact on parenting yet. A new phrase that has even been coined is parental burnout. So it's the application of a clinical term, which we've discussed in other podcasts, burnout, to one of the most challenging jobs we have in the world. According to Dr. Jennifer Yen, a psychiatrist at UT Health Houston, as with burnout, parental burnout is defined as physical, emotional, and mental exhaustion due to the ongoing demands of caring for one's children. So while the debate is still ongoing about how to categorize the overwhelming symptoms associated with parenting, it's pretty apparent that being a parent can take its toll on us at times. Yeah. Some of the stress and exhaustion associated with parenting is connected to logistical challenges. Modern families' schedules are extremely busy. Keeping everyone running is difficult. Beyond that, families who struggle with real financial insecurity near or below the poverty line experience a whole host of other um, exhausting factors in just parenting their children. Uh, the strain at that point is really intense. And even now, currently in late May of 2022, we're seeing parents struggle to find enough baby formula in the wake of supply chain issues that are left over from the pandemic. That's a logistical challenge and stressor that I can't even imagine having to go through, especially when I think about how challenging the first few months of parenthood, parenthood were for me and my wife 13 years ago when we had a newborn. I can't imagine having to deal with that and also dealing with trying to find the right kind of formula. Um, it's 
so stressful to think about. Uh, some of the stress comes externally. Some of it comes internally as well. And that's what we're going to spend a few minutes talking about today. We spent a lot of time on our podcast talking about shame. Even though it seems weird that shame would be a part of a parenting discussion, when you realize what shame is, not that it's that we've done something dirty and we can't be clean again, but instead that we've somehow married our sense of identity and our sense of inadequacy in some areas of our lives, when you realize that's what shame is, you realize that oftentimes we experience that in parenting and it comes out as this deep-seated feeling that we aren't enough and we aren't doing enough. Yeah, and not only is parenting a common endeavor for experiencing shame, it's oftentimes a socially acceptable one. So that nagging feeling that we aren't measuring up is very often costing us sleep at night, forcing us into decisions about how we spend our time and money that often cut against our our own needs or even values and can leave us just feeling exhausted or burnout, like we mentioned before. Yeah. And and all in trying to cover some of those things um, really can lead to a a loss of a sense of self. I mean, we, when we become parents, we kind of go off the map in some ways, even though there's a million books to read and a million things to read online, we are in our own experience off the map. And so uh, people have always struggled with losing themselves, this identity or this role of being a parent. But when, uh, there's a there's a part of us that feels shame in that, too. It's even easier to be lost in that. And like we mentioned before, it's socially acceptable because yeah. parents feel this pressure to be the best possible parent they can be. And everyone is trying their best that it's OK. To, it's almost OK to lose yourself because you're a parent and that should take precedence. And we often convince ourselves of that. So we might maybe tell you the opposite today. Whenever I talk about shame, I think it's important to identify the voice of shame. I'm not talking about a paranoid schizophrenia episode here, but often our sense of shame has a voice. It can be difficult to identify sometimes, but if we listen closely, maybe we can determine if it's sourced. For for example, some people may feel shame by a critical voice from the past, maybe a critical parent, a grandparent, or other influential adult in their life. And even though the relationship has changed over time, the voice has been internalized in some way. For some people, it's a perfected parenting version of themselves. There's some superhero, superhuman person that has kids clean and asleep by 730 and the kitchen clean by 745 every night. (laughs) Just standing there with their arms crossed, you know, disappointed by what they've accomplished, you know, that day. So. These are expectations that we can form for ourselves because of shame. So once the voice has actually been identified, we can then speak back to it or at least see it for what it is. Shame. Yeah. That superhero, we can say, hey, that's not that's not real. You're not a real person. This is not a real healthy expectation or, you know, the the critical parent or the critical other adult from our past that's kind of given us uh, imaginary crap in our head. We can say, hey, you, you don't have to deal with the other pressures and the other factors that are true about my life. So why would I directly apply some of your criticisms from other areas of my life into um my parenting. So we can speak back into it. We can keep it in context and we can give it the proper perspective. If we can just identify where it comes from, it is probably to no surprise that one of the places where shame comes seeping in is through our relationship with social media. Um, One thing that I think modern parents are struggling with in ways that they, they don't clearly see is the influence of social media and in particular, what it does in creating for us a comparison trap. Uh, Even 
if we're being careful, it is very easy to compare our lives to other people, especially the the collection of other people that we have scrolling by us in our Facebook feed or in our Instagram feed. And it's just really easy to forget that on social media, we are comparing our behind the scenes footage with other people's highlight reel. And um, it is something that can begin to eat away with us at times. We always assume like, why is it that at the end of the day, I'm looking terrible when this friend of mine always looks well put together in all of her pictures, her, her kids are smiling and clean and, you know, they all look so well behaved and obedient and they're having these great bespoke adventures. And here we're eating, you know, fish sticks for three nights in a row and I can't seem to get it together. And it's really easy to get lost in that. And that just throws fuel on the fire of shame in some ways. Yeah. It also can be really challenging to parent children who are just like us. So in my experience, when parents come into counseling, wanting help, struggling with uh, the behavior of one of their children, worried about their relationship, they often discover they struggle the most with the things they and that child actually have in common. So kids are really great at being mirror holders. They hold up mirrors to us and they reflect back to us the things in ourselves we don't really like to see. And that can be really hard because... You can kind of know that those things exist, but easily ignore them or avoid them or working through them, um, working on yourself until your child holds that mirror back to you and they demonstrate some of those behaviors or some of those maybe um, you might call them character flaws or struggles, challenges, personal challenges. Uh, and, And as a parent, you really have to face those things. Yeah. And I heard a, a theory one time that I have seen be confirmed in many ways that that every parent has a trigger child, especially if you have multiple children. Usually it's the oldest child that's the same gender as you are. But um, a lot of times um, it's easier to get frustrated with a child that's a lot more like you because you um, you see some parts of yourself reflected back that would, aren't always pleasant. And so that's something to keep in mind. For sure. Uh, Another thing that really drives us as parents sometimes in ways that we don't always identify, but it it definitely drives us this pressure not to repeat some of the things that we experienced when we were younger. Maybe some of the things that come from our family of origin or from our experiences growing up. Um, This is especially true um, when people grow up in in homes that were unstable or maybe there was addiction or mental illness there. Um, They can be more sensitive to Uh, any kind of perceived threats or anything being out of place. There can be more of a a desire to control all of the environment if uh, somebody grew up in an uh, unsteady or unstable environment. The opposite could be true sometimes, too. People people who grow up in really restricted, really controlling environments want to have a really laissez-faire style of parenting and just kind of really um, open-handed style. And it's, it's not necessarily in line with their goals for their children, but it's just a reaction to to, to, to be something different than what they experienced when they were younger. Sometimes that can be helpful if we move towards health and healing, but just creating a parenting style out of a reaction is not necessarily going to be healthy just because it's different than what you experienced if you felt like you had something unpleasant in your past. So a lot of times that uh, when we when we parent out of a response from what we've been through in the past, uh, we often swing the opposite way in extremes that create new problems for ourselves and for 
our families. So if you notice that there are some issues from your past and you reflect back on those sometimes, or maybe even emotionally they return to you in some parenting arenas, uh, the best way to deal with those things, instead of um, shaping your parents by that, shaping your your own parenting um, by them is to do some deep work of trying to get some healing, some understanding, some perspective on those things to see what are the beneficial things that you want to take from that experience and then what are the things that aren't necessarily beneficial that you just want to leave behind process through and deal with and ultimately i think that leads to more thoughtful parenting yeah so i'm not reacting based on those experiences that i had as a child um just being thoughtful and conscious of how i want to parent and and maybe even aware of my different kids different needs and the fact that they each need me to parent differently in some ways. Yeah. So what simply can we do to change your relationship with parenting? The first thing that we talk about is all Pat's work. So I'm going to let him talk about it, but it's the Sunday rundown. Yeah. One of the things that I realized in dealing with families is it's easy for us to take our eyes off the ball of, of what we really want to um, do for our kids what kind of culture we want to set as a family and um, how do we really give time and attention to the things that matter most. So I created this simple um, PDF sheet for families to print out and it's called the Sunday night rundown. And it's just taking 20 minutes as parents um, to sit down and look at the week ahead to schedule the things that aren't on our work schedule. So sometimes they can be, uh, we can be coming at them a little bit more, um, with a little less intention. So it's good to sit down and realize, Hey, we we've got four nights this week. Where we're going to be at the ball field. We're not going to sit down and have a meal together. So that fifth night, we really need to prioritize sitting around the table, looking at each other in the eye and hearing from each other, or, Hey, we we've got to figure out how we're going to get groceries bought in a particularly busy week. Or there's a day when the kids get out of school early can we go ahead and talk on Sunday night about how we're going to get kids picked up on Wednesday so that by Wednesday, we're not cussing at each other because we're trying to figure out how to fit that into our busy schedule. So just a way to approach the week early instead of letting the anxiety of the week avalanche on us later on. I've seen that really help a lot of parents out, not just with de-stressing, but also with reducing that sense of shame because we're not just frustratingly trying to cover all the bases. We actually have a plan and we can make sure that another week doesn't go by that we look back and we realize, Hey, we, we didn't do the most important things this week. We can actually plan that. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes for today. Also make sure to start that on the night of the week that y'all's family actually starts. So if your, your week doesn't start on Sunday for your family because of your occupation, like if you're a pastor and Sundays look different for you, or you're a doctor and you work nights, or you're a nurse, whatever night of the week or day of the week that your week starts, start with that day. It doesn't have to be on on Sunday. Yep. You can also do um, a social media fast. And honestly, that can just solve a lot of issues nowadays. It helps us with the comparison issue. It helps us be more thoughtful about the ways in which we want to parent rather than the absolute ways that we think we need to parent can help us with that voice of shame um, a little bit and calming that voice down. Um, there's just a lot with social media and, and taking a break from it that can be helpful. It helps us spend more time with our families. It helps us actually be present. Um, in another podcast episode, we actually talk about how to disconnect from technology. Maybe you, you there's a certain time of the 
the evening that everyone's devices, everyone's phones are parked in a central location. Yep. There's just a lot with that that can be really helpful. Yep. I also tell people a lot of times, one of the pro tips for being a, a parent that doesn't lose their mind is to find something uh, in every season that you really enjoy doing with your kids. It doesn't have to be a bunch. It could just be one or two things. For right now, I have three kids. Sawyer and I play tennis. That's our thing. Uh, we try to do it every couple of weeks to get out there and do that. My son and I watch sporting events and do that together. My youngest daughter and I, we play cards together. And not only are those things that I think are really good for them, but I actually really enjoy doing those things. So they don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not just kind of gritting my teeth and bearing it during that. And that gives me a lot of, a lot of life and a lot of enjoyment that I can apply to the parts of parenting that are not fun and that are challenging and difficult. And so um, that's something just trying to identify things that you can really enjoy together uh, is a way to make a win in every season. And it can also help with burnout. Another thing is to seek out wisdom. Look for sources that sound nothing like the voice of shame in your head. If you have one, um, look for people who have been through the parenting ringer and have come out on the other side. Look for people who have healthy adult relationships with their kids and who have healthy kids and then ask them, let them know that you're struggling. Uh, I'm, I'm almost certain that people would love to lend you a listening ear and, um, and any kind of insider advice that they may have based on um, what they've been through and, um, and what they're celebrating now. So, so look for those wise voices um, ask them for some time, be honest about needing help and then listen to the wisdom that they have for you. So be honest with your peers, the people who you have in your life, your social support, your support network, but also be honest with your kids. Yeah. You've never done this before. You want to be the absolute best parent to them, but you don't always know what you're doing. You oftentimes don't know what you're doing. You're learning. You're just one step ahead of them, right? And so this is actually really helpful for, for kids to hear because they don't always know what they're doing. They're experiencing parts of their lives for the first time. And so when we kind of um, teach them that vulnerability and honesty, uh, it's just helpful for them to learn that they can actually open up and share with us. They also know that we're human. And then because you're going to mess up, actually apologize to your kids when you get it wrong. Um, this is a great opportunity to listen to our apology podcast episode on how to apologize. You can even teach your kids, how do you apologize? What does it look like to actually take responsibility? What does it look like to actually own up to the things that we do wrong? Um, and, and apologizing is not shame. So I want to differentiate the two of those things. I can take responsibility yeah. for the ways in which I know I failed because I'm human and I'm going to. And not let that shame voice take over. It's not necessarily a reflection of who I am as a parent, but just that I make mistakes sometimes. So apologize to your kids. Yeah. Uh, also remind yourself that you're more than a parent. First and foremost, you're a person. Then maybe you're a husband or a wife and then maybe a parent. Uh, maybe think about the order of importance of those things. And that's that's something worth thinking about. It's something worth having an inner dialogue about. But it's also something that's worth uh, prioritizing for and setting aside time and energy in your life to do things that have nothing to do with parenting, um, doing things that you really enjoy, doing things uh, that maybe nobody else really likes, but but you really draw some sense of, of, of self-care or some sense of rest from it. That can be really important. Uh, we are always talking about expectations. And so it's important to set healthy expectations for ourselves as parents. If you're a single parent, you probably don't remind, need to remind yourself of that, but remind yourself that you're just one person. So if it gets hard, 
It's understandable. If you're separated, divorced, a foster parent, widowed, a grandparent, or an aunt or uncle who's raising family members, remind yourself that there are a lot of non-traditional families out there, even if you don't know many, and cut yourself some slack. Yeah, and ultimately, be kind to yourself. And caring for others and steering them in the right direction is a hard job, and it, it changes in every season. Even the parents you consider to be doing an awesome job are operating without a map, just like you are. So make sure you're being kind to yourself. Last but not least, if you're struggling with your place as a parent, it may be because you are struggling with depression or anxiety or other things in the mix as well. So check out our podcast episodes on those topics or reach out to a professional for help. If you're a new parent or you're recently added you recently added a new child to your family, postpartum anxiety and depression are real mm-hmm. struggles that both moms and dads actually experience due to changes in hormones for moms, exhaustion for both parents, and a lack of support. We haven't discussed this on our podcast, but plan to more maybe in the next season. Ultimately, parents, we hope you hear that you're not alone. There's no one right way to parent. Make sure you're chatting with other parents about how they handle the challenges that come with parenting. Make Make your own informed decision about what's best for your kids and your family. There will continue to be days when being a parent just sucks. <laughs> There's no one is getting along. You've had five tantrums that day. You caught your teenager lying, or you just need a break from the everyday grind of running kids from one thing to another. There will continue to be days when you're reminded of why you do what you do for your kids. Know that most days you'll probably experience a little bit of both. Thanks for listening today. We hope this episode has given you some practical ways to shift your perspective on parenting and your relationship with it. If you know of any parents who are struggling with self-care or self-love in the midst of this challenging season, then share this podcast episode with them. Some helpful resources that we have for you are Pat's Sunday night rundown. Like he said, that'll be in the show notes. Uh, I know we said to maybe take a break from social media, but there is a really helpful social media account (laughs) out there that exists called Big Little Feelings. It's all about parenting toddlers if you are in that season of life. Um, We have a couple book recommendations as well. So Are My Kids on Track by Sissy Goff and Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child by John and Julie Gottman. Um, Those are some helpful books that will have all of that in the show notes for you. Yep. If you want to connect with us, you can do that at patwardcounseling.com and taryncooper.com. That's Taryn with a Y. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for tuning in to this season. Uh, Hope you guys take care.